The following show will contain spoilers, but trust us, you'll want to hear about it anyway. Christ! We're not hunting him! He's hunting us! Welcome to Subversive Cinema. I have known you since you were a kid, Ricky. Ever since you were seven and eight years old, you've shown superhuman strength. Disrespectful conduct, flippant and tasteless verbal remarks. No, no, I'm afraid that they wouldn't approve of that at all. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the show. It is Subversive Cinema here, and I'm your host, Art, to be your wrangler of the weird, Sherpa to the strange, and purveyor of the peculiar. We are here to talk about the weird, wacky, and downright wrong entries in cinema's history. And when we do that, we start breaking them down into character, story, and what the fuck factor to figure out exactly how subversive they are. What, what makes these movies so special and stand out? For better or for worse. And today we are going to talk about a, uh, I use the word <laughs> classic kind of loosely, but for me, oh, it's, it's a classic. classic. It's a fucking classic. I remember seeing this in college for the first time. So about a decade after it came out, maybe a few years after that, or, or you know, and I was just floored. It It's gotten a place in pop culture history on, I think it was like the Daily Show or something like that. Mm. And anyway, we're here to talk about Story of Ricky or AKA Ricky O from 1991. And this movie is just batshit insane, but it is just such a good batshit insane. It is a Chinese action martial arts movie that's certainly does not scrimp on the comedy. It is directed by, and I apologize in advance because I uh, do not speak mandarin terribly well or at all so i believe the director's name is ngai choi lam and it was written by tetsuya saru watari masahiko takajo and of course the director ngai choi lam and it stars a bunch of awesome martial artists i'm not even going to bother trying to butcher names at this point but it is a delightful <laughs> narrative it's a story about a corrupt prison system, eyeball damage, crowd-provided exposition, and just magically appearing items. But it's also so much more, and we're going to get into that. And the talk about that is my dear old friend and returning guest, Joe. How are you, Joe? Oh, I am well, Art. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. I believe, was this your suggestion, this movie? Yes, it was. And I, I think what I actually said was, if you ever have the story of Ricky, well, one, how can you how can you not have had this yet? And two, when you do have it, I have to be your guest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here we are. So let's get into it, shall we? So the story of Ricky, there's no point in me asking you if you've seen it before because you clearly have. I can't ask if you're glad I made you watch it because you clearly are, right? Yeah, it's um it, it's interesting because we were supposed to record this episode, I think, a few months ago, and yeah. something came up and I said I literally said uh, with work, you know, I can, you know, I, I'd be happy to record this episode. I don't know if I'll have time to watch it again ahead of time. And you said, no, 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 you have to watch it again prior to doing this episode. And, you know, and you were gracious enough to send me a link this week. Um, Art, I didn't have to watch it again because everything was just as I remembered it. I was hoping that there would be maybe some little Easter egg or something like that that I hadn't noticed last time. But I, I can almost 
quote the movie line for line and, you know, and can remember things scene to scene. And it's just, it's, it's one of those films that just good and bad, mostly, uh, <laughs> mostly good, bad, uh, <laughs> is just, yes. it, it's, yeah, it, it, it's just in try, you know, every, everything I re remember, it, it, it is literally like, the way I feel about a Christmas story, which I watch every Christmas Eve with my sister. Um, it's a family tradition going way, way back. And it's once again, I can quote every line of the film, every scene. Um, and it, that's the same way I feel about the story of Ricky. And it's uh, it's not a holiday classic, but it's a classic in its own right. Damn right. Well put. I, too, was surprised by how much I did remember. And mm. I had not seen this movie in no bullshit, probably at least a decade. I remember seeing it a handful of times back in college and then in the intervening years afterwards. But I had not seen this for a long time. And turning it on was just like calling up an old friend. Nothing mm. had changed. It was just as awesome as I remember it. And it was just there. And look, how can you go wrong when this is the setup for the story? By 2001 AD, capitalist countries have privatized all government organization. Prisons, like parking lots, have become franchised businesses. <laughs> it's just like, it's. I love how it just sets the stage. That's all they need to tell you. But I do find it kind of funny because I don't think... This is, I believe, this was made in China, right? And that that's well, not Hong a... Kong, but yeah, oh. you know, Hong Kong's a part of China, but I think at the time it was kind of off doing its own thing. You know, it's you know the the Chinese. You're right. You're right. Sorry, Hong Kong a few years ago, but it was, ah, yeah. you're right. It wasn't. I totally thought it was um, not Hong Kong. I thought it was elsewhere, but yep, there it is. Okay, that explains the capitalist part. Of it. That's why. That's the one thing that I was a little strung up on. I was like, wait, oh, I'll just go with it. But I love that it's made in 91. It's positing that in a decade, <laughs> prison systems will be run as like businesses, where essentially they utilize all the prisoners for cheap labor and to make product. And the only time you see that in this movie is when they're moving these giant molten <laughs> hot iron rods. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, Other than that, it's got a very weird ecosystem of, of hierarchy operating within the prison you have the warden, the assistant warden, and then you have all these 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 four underbosses, and they each manage a wing. And everybody under them, if you're not a crony to these bosses, then you are just cannon fodder to be <laughs> fucked up in this movie. You know, speaking speaking of the assistant warden, um, and, and I believe you had him on here as a guest in the past. How? If we did an American remake, how how great would Chris Walls be as the as the assistant warden? Yes, he, he, would, <laughs> he would be perfect, especially because of like his whole dining, his whole dinner scene. His whole demeanor <laughs> is so perfect. Where were you for those two years? What did you do, huh? <laughs> hmm? What? <laughs> Why do you have bullets in your chest? 
you got a lot of guts, Oscar. <laughs> Whatever he said. <laughs> I could just, I could see Chris doing that. Be like, mm-hmm. oh, you got a lot of guts, Oscar. <laughs> yeah, he always has like the little one-liners. So uh, yeah, we'll just get into it. So characters. So I'm assuming then you're gonna you you pick him as a character, right? Yeah, one of so so one of my <laughs> one of my favorite characters, and uh, this was uh, pointed out by a, a friend of mine I used to work with. Um, who was straight, I should add, and 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 he remembers watching the story of Ricky and saying, "Man, you know, I'm a straight guy, but Rogan is kind of cute." And then he found out that Rogan is actually a woman. Yeah, it was played um, by a lady. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and it just you know, I'm I'm just the entire gang of four, it, including the guy with the knitting needles or whatever it is who. Oh, the, I call him. Um, I call him Proto scorpion because all it was missing is him <laughs> saying get over here <laughs> i thought more like he 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 looked like mo from the three stooges with the haircut <laughs> with the other <laughs> it's like mo from the three stooges mixed with um ichi the killer so it's it's yeah <laughs> and actually the big guy tarzan or whatever um he was yeah. the one who was, i don't think it was the daily show i think it was um it was one of the late night shows, but they they would always play the clip of when he's first introduced and he just crushes the guy, <laughs> crushes the guy's head with his two hands. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, speaking of of the horror. Yo, sorry, it was like, it was in the Daily Show, but it was Craig okay, Kilborn, Craig Kilborn's version of the Daily Show during the five questions intro. There was always the My slow man. head smash and then pull back smash. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, when when I was thinking Daily Show, I was thinking about John Stewart. So okay, right, I got yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, but you know, speaking of the horrible dubbing and everything, just like I love how so many people as they're dying just say, "Ricky, I'll see you later." Because of the dubbing alone. And the people they chose to voice these people. <laughs> that's where all my favorite characters come from. It's all these like one or small line people who are just there. Like how there was a, the, the first guy who gets killed. Um, the first boss. Um, Oscar, I think it is. Yeah. No, no. Oscar is the guy with the tattoos. The other guy. The first one who picks a fight with yeah, he's Ricky. not a boss he's just a guy yeah, he's just a douchebag then yeah, yeah so one of his friends the guy with the bald head and the mustache who's like just this little punk you know so yeah. when he gets taken down after taking a shit and then all the guys start scaring him and there's four dudes who corner him before um <laughs> andrew comes over and talks to him but it's this last guy he's the smallest of the group and this is who they have dubbed him andrew the guy is lying the guy's lying. Yeah, I love that lie. <laughs> and then the guy just pulls out a giant. He like, just has a giant fucking sword serrated right sword. Like, 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 where the fuck was he hiding it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I gotta find this this sequence. It's yet another example of how <laughs> they just throw in all this exposition during random uh pans across the smaller characters and they fill it in with such information that we need like this samuel badmouthed him behind his back so the warden canceled his probation he's really unlucky 
He used to be a model citizen. Too bad he was rushing his wife to the hospital that time and killed someone with his car. How do you figure that? It should have been a traffic offense only, but the guy had to be a cop, so he was sent here. Ain't that always the way? <laughs> it's like, I love that they have these guys from, from Long Island or Jersey or whatever in prison here in Hong Kong. So I I uh, I love all those guys, and I certainly love the guy they were talking about, who is the poor old man who is just, you know, he's just sitting there trying to, you know, wash up, and he starts getting accosted by this bully, and this is where it goes with my other fun thing that they do is they just divine large objects from nowhere because they're all wearing these loose shirts and pants and then somehow this old man has a toy train stuck in his pants somewhere <laughs> that falls out and then he also has a woodworking tool somewhere <laughs> ricky carries a flute and the train it's little things like that i just can't yeah. believe but it's just so wonderful when you got the old man who's just trying to trying to do his thing oh I made the train with a lot of scraps, you know. It's my kid's toy. Oh, it's your kid's toy. That's right. I hear that your probation's coming through. <gasps> really? Almost. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you bastard. <laughs> That's the favorite lines like, you bastard. <laughs> My favorite part of that whole scene is, like you said, after they take the woodcutting tool to to the old man's face, and he's like, you know, and the and the quote unquote bad guys walk away all like Ricky trips him and he falls onto face first onto yes. a random log with nails sticking out that goes through his eye in the in the men's shower. Yes. <laughs> it, it 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 it's one of those what do they call him a MacGuffin or something like that? I like, guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's like where'd it come from <laughs> it's it doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all <laughs> oh but it's it's glorious it is so so good so good i did not know when this was first presented to me that it was actually based off i never know how to pronounce it. Is it manga or manga hmm. but yeah it was based off one of those graphic novels and the, apparently there was a lot more story going on you know, where he was tracking down his brother and the, the throwaway line they offer is how the warden and him had the same sensei. And that's why he was staying in prison the entire time. Because you see that Ricky can leave anytime he wants. I mean, yes, he does it at the very end. He knocks a fucking hole in the wall. He can go anytime he wants. So why does he stay? Why does he put up with it? And it's all because he was waiting for the warden to return from his trip. And But, you know, apparently it's stuff they gloss over, but... Now that I know, I'm kind of curious. I'd love to find this actual, you know, source material and try to see it. Is there is there backstory given as to why his girlfriend just ran off a roof? <laughs> I don't know. But I, I love that. I love that <laughs> explanation of how, how she did that. And what I really like about it is she she looks pretty good for having taken a header off of a three or four story building <laughs> face first but in the morgue she looks perfectly fine so yeah, yeah yeah that's pretty good oh my god there's so much what other characters jump out to you oh well the guy who i guess ricky blamed for her death uh the mobster who had like like this kind of like i i don't even know how you would describe his like whiny voice it, it actually sounds like one of the other guys there in the jail um 
<laughs> probably uh, was. It probably was. Uh, him. Um, oh, my goodness. Uh, the Warden, of course, we we have to talk about the Warden, um, including him turning into a mini kaiju at the end of the movie. But, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, God, what? what well, other... Hang on a second here. You talking about this? This bad guy who, who upsets the girlfriend? Hey, you hold it right where you are. Man, what the hell is your problem, huh? <laughs> so the audience knows Ricky punched a crater in the side of this guy's head. And I was talking more about the scene where where his hood where his henchmen come to come to tell him that they captured the girl. Oh yes. Oh apologies. Oh that's and okay, he's all just... whiny sounding when he talks. But but, but Oh you mean good. yeah here. Hey boss, that chick saw us dealing, but I caught her and brought her back here for you. What do you want me to do with her? What's wrong with you? <laughs> if an old woman sees you, am I to deal with her? <laughs> Uh, this is probably something that's more under the WTF section, but just because I'm scrubbing through and I see the sequence, I love that this movie clearly was written by people who don't really know how a lot of things work. Like this entire sequence where she's about to get caught in public, like this is that's not how drugs work. <laughs> like, the one student campus has like a Central Park sort of dark walkway where people are just buying heroin then they walk three feet over to huddle in a circle and then shoot up inordinate amount of heroin i mean it's just like that's not how drugs work <laughs> i mean this is the sort of shit you and i would have done making a movie it's like oh yeah this is gonna be so intense and instead it looks really silly oh my god love it it's uh it, there, there's you know it's I kind of equate the story of Ricky to Army of Darkness and that if you look at Army of Darkness without having any idea of Sam Raimi and um, and Bruce Campbell and, you know, the films that came before it, you would think that, you know, if they're trying to make a serious film, that this is like the worst film that's ever been made. But if you understand everything that's going into it, I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. And, and I would kind of... I don't know if I would put the story of Ricky at the same level, obviously, but it's not far off because they are just like it, it. Every little thing that they throw in is just absolutely brilliant. Like the whole um, like when he fights Oscar and, you know, when he kills Oscar, it's like it's the only time during a film where he throws him upside down and like, you know, does the punch and it turns into like a skeleton, you know. Oh, yeah. The X-ray vision yeah. punch. And that's, you know, and it's it's just everything that the director did was just fucking brilliant. And I mean, it's uh, it's 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 so meta be, be, before that became a thing, if that makes sense. I mean, it's uh, it's I don't know if it's the director just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks or using every trope available to him. But I mean, I just think it's absolutely brilliant. I, I, I don't know. It, 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 it's one of those films that it, it truly is a national treasure. It absolutely is. And you mentioned this scene and you're right. I mean, this is 100% done on purpose. Very, very clearly not to be taking itself too seriously. 
We'll die together. <laughs> At this point, he's ripping his his guts out. Yep, he's pulling his intestines out to choke Ricky. All right, you got a lot of guts, Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll kill you. You won't quit, will you? <laughs> I also enjoyed that uh, in the opening to your show. I'm not sure if you did that just for the special. This no, week that was from there. the very. That's been there all season. That's yeah. one of my. That's one line from this movie that I've never forgotten ever. That is the the best line in the entire film. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> I've known you <laughs> since you were seven and eight years old. <laughs> <laughs> And um, and the old man too. That's his uncle, was it? That is his uncle. Yes, he really enjoys laughing as well. Yeah, he he sure does. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly, unprovoked, just <laughs> he'll say something for no good reason, and then just start laughing because I guess he is a uh, master of whatever this energy transference art thing is that he does. But um, yeah. It kind of makes sense to me. Oh, you know, he just loves to laugh. <laughs> and if you think about it, I think if there's any villain in that film, it's him. Because, I mean, dude, he's desecrating a graveyard. Yes, he is. He's just like, fuck these tombstones. Break them for practice. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> You're right. You do know your movie. <laughs> I, I told you. I, I I know so much this fucking film. Well, then you will certainly know the sequence when they bring in the big guy to uh, take care of Ricky. And then he talks about his awesome jail trade for this. <sighs> Someone gave me 30 pounds of rice to finish you off and turn you into mincemeat and put you in a pie. <laughs> I, what is it with the people who are just really huge in this movie just drooling uncontrollably <laughs> like they got him and he's just like got this yellowish goo go coming out of his mouth and then when the warden turns into the giant fucking version of warden he's just snot running down his face it's just this whole thing uh, what is it with that i wonder that's a good question um you know speaking of the warden one of um I remember because I often watch this with friends in college. Would do it. one one of the reasons why I know this film line for line now is because of the amount of times we watched it. But uh, something that people fucking hated was the warden's kid. Oh God, I love that kid, but I was sad that nothing happened to him. Oh, me too, me too. I'm guessing that nothing happened because technically he was playing a child you know even the he was just a giant man baby it's like he got like this guy who looks like kim jong-un or whatever or that's whatever exactly the... what i was thinking yeah. yeah he's just like the same haircut just this Wait a minute, hold on. actually i just love the kid here <laughs> what is the worst punishment do you think in the film i would have to say it's when oscar's was that his nephew or his godson or something like that when he's oh he's skinned yes yeah alive. The, the the kid with no tongue yeah <laughs> and it's, it's basically his ward yeah it is his godson okay. and in fact they even talk about how he has this blood um blood bound duty Alan, this knife belonged to oscar the rules state that 
A kin can avenge the deceased. Take this and get rid of Ricky. And again, I love that they put a voice that does not match the person. He is like this one of the smallest guys, and then you give him this like hard as nails voice, like the rules state. You have to do this. <laughs> And of course, then the cutting the face off is so, so good. <laughs> and that was Rogan. That was Rogan, played by the lady. Played by the very cute martial artist. That's right. That's right. So there's lots of characters, memorable as hell. It's wonderful. Let's talk about the story. So you've seen this enough, Joe. You should know the story beat for beat, moment for moment. Does the story make sense to you? Um, get rid of anything I told you about the manga because I didn't know it before when I watched it and you didn't know it either. So, I mean, yes, in that there's a reason why, you know, now you've actually shed some light with me with the whole, you know, with the whole manga thing. Uh, although you told me not to think about that, but I mean, you know, it makes more sense why he would stick around for the warden to, to be there at the end. Um, but it's, um, I mean, it definitely has a, a clear beginning, middle, and end. Um, it's it's a it's a tale of redemption and um, of revenge, and uh, it's. Uh, I mean, I, I think Ricky kind of takes care of business there at the end. Um, there's, I feel like a few of the guys, you know, a few of the other prisoners, like you said, the cannon fodder did kind of get fucked over for no reason. Um, you know, like the guy who gave uh, Ricky a plate of rice after Ricky had been starved for like a week and buried alive, oh, yeah. um, you know, and he was murdered or the guy who uh, oh God, th there's another prisoner I was thinking about who, um, well, yeah, you, you know, just any of the oh, the guy who um, who at the end was mad at the warden because the warden was talking about, you know, how they had to split their food and you oh, know, yeah. give them less. And so like. The warden shoves one of his arms down into a a meat was a meat mixer or whatever a meat and grinder like, yeah <laughs> a meat grinder it turns into a big plate of meat. <laughs> He's oh, like, you mean no. uh, <laughs> meat here? <laughs> Not enough to eat. Right. I'll give you some more. <laughs> enough now. <laughs> he comes back. <laughs> guy pulls back a stub, and the warden pulls out this giant tray of ground beef. So, like, I do have to give everyone in this film props because you would think that a lot of these people would, you know, immediately go into shock and die when something like that happens. <laughs> but they're just kind of like hanging out with their stumps and just yelling. You know what I mean? In fact, oh, yeah. I had to say it was kind of shitty, really. How how many people Ricky had no problem killing, but yet he's, or at least I assume he spared the worst of the worst, which was that Rogan or Rodin or however. Yeah, Rogan. He just, uh, you know, had the leg free frozen in that vat or whatever, and then broke it off and then just left them there. And, and, and I think he broke her arms as well, but I. It looked uh, like that. Yeah. But you didn't really see it explicitly. But Unlike it's like the rest of this movie, which you do. <laughs> but it's like, you know, he had no problem killing everybody else but them. So yeah. it was, uh, you know, perhaps Ricky also had a bit of a crush on him. Oh, what maybe. Can you say? 
just that's the way it goes i think that yes i would say that the movie actually did make sense given even taking apart what i learned about it later if you just look at it through the lens of here is a man who was sent there for i'm just gonna say arguably a decent reason you know he sought revenge because his lady fair killed herself (laughs) trying to escape this guy and he's a scuzzball so then he's in prison and he starts seeing how utterly unfair it is and he has enough restraint to you know not just do his thing because i think he wants to try to fix the system and say look all these people are essentially being held here for bullshit reasons and they shouldn't be so he his work isn't complete until he takes the head off the snake you know so that that's what i'll i'll take it as that and i think that's the narrative they chose to to really lead into as opposed to doing the backstory about his brother and stuff it's just this super heroic guy who is just there to to free the little man from the tyranny of capitalist prison systems. So. so the question I have is why does the warden turn into a kaiju at the end? Is it because of not taking his his heart medication? I think I think the medication isn't heart medication. I think the medication is when he starts getting upset, like he essentially goes like the Hulk, you know? And I think the medication keeps it at bay. So when he first has that episode, I, I forgot exactly what they're talking about, but it was, you know, clearly some Ricky sort of discussion and it was enough to, to get him irritated and agitated that, you know, he needed to, to do it or else he'd lose control. But mm-hmm. at the very end, he's like, fuck it. Let's just do this. Let's do this dance. <laughs> That's what I would say. And then he, he, he too is turned into hamburger. That's right. He is. He is. Let's see. What was it that made him so upset again? It's all gone. What's that? What happened? What happened? Oh, there it is. The the poppy seed, the poppy fields got incinerated. Bad, that right. pissed him off. Ricky burned him after um, after Oscar's godson was <laughs> skinned alive. <laughs> <laughs> after he got turned into a piece of Jack Link's jerky. That's right. <laughs> All right, so yeah, the story works. Story makes sense. Kudos. Now let's get to the fun stuff. What the fuck? I mean, other than some of the things we already talked about, such as trying to strangle someone with uh, your own intestines after committing seppuku <laughs> and being skinned alive, and perhaps this uh, uncle totally destroying a cemetery and also why is he posting up in a cemetery as his place of training i don't know (laughs) but that's that's just the world we live in so what other sort of things made you say what the fuck man oh uh the i i'm guessing the warden's gun contained gas bullets or something is that why everybody was exploding i don't know it's like yeah he's got some sort of special bullet that just inflates you for whatever reason because the assistant warden it happened to him, it happened to Mo. Uh, so it's uh... <laughs> he says it very, very quickly, and it's not entirely clear as to why. Let's see what it was that he said here. No, no, no! Guns especially made for shooting at it. Ah! Okay, for so shooting elephants. Maybe no, Is that I think it sounded like he said for shooting anything. You know what? I'm going to have to put on my subtitles and we're going to take a look at that. Oh, it is. You're right. These guns are especially made for are made for shooting elephants. You're right. So elephants blow up and explode. Guns especially made for shooting elephants. I think it's more like that they don't explode. It's just that it's a big fucking round. And I'm guessing 
they're playing with the physics of the world where if a human gets shot with a big fucking bullet, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's a, that is a what the fuck. I like that. <laughs> I do appreciate a good, a good what the fuck. Everything in this movie has to some degree some sort of silly <laughs> what the fuck. I, I like, I, you know, I, lo- I, I guess I have to go back to our peanut gallery it's very shakespearean how the chorus essentially helps move the story along by filling in gaps so the very first time we see them i believe is oh the guys who are pissing yes exactly that's the one i love this little this little moment here daniel's at it again he's a gang leader and the captain of the silva he's friends with the guards well what can you do Mm. (laughs) they just go to turn and pee at the same time (laughs) oh well what can you do <laughs> They're almost like uh Shakespearean clowns. They are, exactly. In a way. Man, there there's <laughs> and what is okay, you know another thing? What the fuck is up with the assistant warden and his his eyeball that carries mints? <laughs> I mean, like, look, he pulls his eyeball out, starts shaking him into his hand, and he <laughs> offers them to anybody. Would you care for some mints? <laughs> I also guess I like how much porno the assistant yes. warden has behind him. It's just shelves of porno VHSs. I also uh, I also enjoy after the old man dies at the beginning uh, when his body's being taken out in the rain yes. and uh, Ricky stops you know stops the two guys carrying him out and you know and you know and they're like hey Ricky what's up and he pulls back the blanket and sees that the old man you know even in death is still handcuffed and you know he rips the handcuffs apart and they and they leave and then he he does kind of a little uh performance there where he's punching the sky and everything else it's, it, like I said this film is just brilliant I mean it's uh it, it just everything that can be asked backwards is asked backwards but it's all done there's a reason why it's done and why exactly i'm not sure but i know that there's reasoning behind it yeah it's like his uh stanley kowalski stella moment <laughs> right. yes yes and that's another sequence there right before when he you know rips the handcuffs off the you know apart where again he just magically divines this fucking wooden train toy out of his shirt which is quite sheer to his body somehow it's fucking magic and let's also talk about how he can will music to come from leaves (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck does that happen i (laughs) I mean i I love his explanation too he's trying to help the the godson out by telling him how it works you try too hard blow a little lighter and roll your tongue up <laughs> blow a little lighter and roll your tongue up and then of course the godson starts crying because he doesn't have a tongue because Rodin had already cut it off earlier that's right, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but then he gives him a a recorder or something that he can play wonderful music on without a tongue which I guess makes <laughs> but uh it's uh I don't know. Do you need a a tongue for for instruments like that? I'm not even sure. 
I don't know if you need it for a little <laughs> a woodwind Why? such as that. Get the fact check the story of Ricky here. I know, yeah. <laughs> we need to get a flute and see if we can play it with our tongue pressed down flat. That's what I, I don't know. That's a very good point. <laughs> I also had to give a special shout out to the poor dog who's waiting by Ricky's <laughs> gravesite who rode in, just kicks in half for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And then, well, he uses one of the organs from the dog to uh, break the pipe. That to, Ricky exactly, to, stop, to block the pipe. <laughs> uh, but I tell you what, the sound design on that sequence is amazing. <laughs> That's half of the dog. Logan, <laughs> that was a great shot. And then, of course, the best joke. Looks like he'll need a plumber. Because <laughs> they clogged his breathing tube. Get it? The best, the best line, uh, which um uh surprised you haven't played well, well, other than the, the goof lines that we talked about, you know, just the, the terrible dubbing, but is at the beginning where when the guards, you know, when the metal detector goes off on Ricky and the guards are like, you know, you know, they scan him and they realize he has five bullets in his chest. They say, why didn't you let the doctors take him out? It's a badass way of answering a question. Why didn't you let the doctors take the five bullets out of you? Souvenirs. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny because they didn't they didn't loiter on that. They just kept moving. There's no beat. <laughs> Souvenirs. Let him go. I felt like the, I felt like all the guards in in the film were basically worthless. They were. It's they they carry these batons that have no effect, and they just are a bunch of stooges. Honestly, all they do is run and fall over each other half the time. It doesn't make any sense. Well, and then at the end, when the prisoners finally attack the assistant warden, you know the, uh, I guess the riot squad comes out with shields and you know and. Uh, and their sticks and one has a mace and Ricky jumps down and just punches a hole through him. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, he, 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 even in the riot squad, you know, there's still no match for Ricky. So it's, uh, yeah, it's the, I don't really uh, understand why there were guards to begin with at the prison. Yeah. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> kind of ineffectual. That's for sure. Oh my God. There's a lot of wonderful, magical things in here. The problem with this movie is there's just too much gold and that I could honestly just play the entire movie and everything that you hear is quotable and usable. It's just all so good. It's so good. So let's let's answer the important question, Joe. How subversive would you rate this movie? On a scale of 1 to 10? 12. <laughs> honestly full, honestly full um, tilt <laughs> on, on, honestly it's one of those questions like you know you know you know oh, i'm going to give 105 percent. like well you really can't but it basically breaks the scale like like i don't know how you can say anything less than like a 10 here because it just yeah. it's everything is is just everything is so fucking insane but at the same time, it's brilliant. And so that to me is a subversive movie. Goddamn right. I can't say it any better. It's, it is fantastic. It's brisk. It's, you know, an hour and a half. It moves right along. It is uh, certainly not for the entire family because it's so violent, but man, is it's, it's just so fun. 
it's just so much fun. And, you know, I would say, give it a shot, check it out for yourself. So if you want to watch it, how do you do that? Well, it's on Amazon and you can buy it as a Blu-ray or DVD. I don't believe it's streaming anywhere, but you can certainly get it on Amazon. And that is the, that is story of Ricky from 1991 directed by the guy Choi Lam. And there you have it. Joe, do you have anything you'd like to share before we cut you loose? No, just that, uh, uh, just that, of course, that I also do a podcast with my, with art, uh, another podcast that was disappointing, that uh, is always disappointing, but also a lot of fun. So uh, please check us out there, right, Art? That's right. You can find us over there. That was disappointing, but you can certainly find out more about us at subversivecinemapodcast.com. Check it out. Drop me a line. Let me know if you liked the movie, what you thought. Subversive Cinema Show at gmail.com. And until next time, stay subversive. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you leave us a review and a five-star rating at your preferred podcast provider. Tell a friend so they can check it out too. And follow us on Instagram at subversive underscore cinema for more content. Subversive Cinema.